Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Georgia recently passed HB 481, a law that prohibits abortion after six weeks and criminalizes women who choose to end their pregnancies. 25 men in Alabama just passed a law banning abortion outright and made providing an abortion a Class A felony. These laws, and many others like them, aim not only to limit women's access to health care on a state level, but seek to initiate a process that will overturn Roe v. Wade. If this happens, women will die. Viva Ruiz has been risking her life to advocate for safe and accessibility to abortions for years. A child of immigrants, queer artist and activist Viva is behind the Thank God for Abortion movement, which provides material and emotional support for women, as well as fashionable protest gear. Ruiz's peaceful and inclusive message is more critical now than ever. To support Viva and to actively engage in the fight for accessible health care, please visit thankgodforabortion.com. Thank you. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Oh, my pleasure. You're wearing your shirt. I am. That, that reads, thank God for abortion. Yes, I'm a sandwich board everywhere <laughs> in the world. Do you make it a point to wear it every day? I don't wear it every day. Um, it's a little too hectic for even me who made it. It's a commitment, I can yeah. imagine. Yeah. It's a beautiful shirt. Well, thank There's you. A dove. Yes, it was originally actually a series of five around the theme that I use Christian imagery, doves in particular. And this is the one that that really took flight. <laughs> uh, can you tell us a little bit about how the campaign started? Let's see. It was about 2015. And I had just seen that Ireland legalized gay marriage. And I am queer and in our part of town, queer part of town, we were all celebrating because that's a big deal, right? And also the states, you know, the, when the states legalize that i mean it's so so can i curse you can say okay. fuck all you oh, want yeah. like i don't know where this that's is my going. favorite part when people ask me if you can curse and i just love to just <laughs> i give i get a hernia and not cursing that's good <laughs> good so we're like you know all these hyper catholic or christian state places that are legalizing gay marriage is so wonderful but and then i realized that abortion is totally or was totally illegal in ireland and i was like well why did that happen that Gay marriage was legalized before abortion. And to me, I mean, you see Ireland as like basically almost the Vatican, like it's so Catholic. And then I realized that um, we're not all on the same page for that as queer people, as GLBTQI plus people, that it's seen very much like a straight thing. And I'm queer and I had two abortions. So it's super personal that I was you know, I'm not, it's not theory. I'm like, well, where are my friends on this? So that was the impetus. 
in my part of town, queer part of town, <laughs> uh, we want to be together because people have been so oppressed. And and I think it's a surprise to people when the, we're not acting on our ideals. So this c- can be useful in revealing that and then we can strengthen ourselves. So there's that. But also it works in a broader way to agitate everybody. And the right is not happy about it, which is fine. And it's it's good to be confrontational in a time like right now. I think you strung together four words that possibly not only have the potential to anger people everywhere, but um, they also, I mean, that's legitimate danger. Has anybody ever confronted you? This brings out the most, you know, unhinged element, I think, possible in the, let's say, far right white supremacist Christian right, like for some, and not for some reason. I mean, we know Trump is... He's going there, right? This is how this is an easy way to drum up his base, to unify them, and then sneak everything. I mean, what are we? We're, I feel like we're the sacrifice given to sneak in there. Basically, they're getting rich and they throw us as people with uteruses, women, trans people, gender nonconforming people, intersex people, because that's an easy one for his base, right? That and also the immigrants. The immigrants are taking our job. So it's like abortion and immigrants. And behind that, they get rich. I mean, that's how the that's what the math looks like to me. I think it is like, if not now, when are we going to take the strongest stands that we can take? And it is like I can't wear it every day, but it's New York and I feel less in danger. And also I grew up in a neighborhood in I grew up in Jamaica, Queens in a time where there was crack on the streets and it was also scary. So I feel like it's not new for me to feel like my body is danger as a small femme person, <laughs> you know, is that, yeah. you know, that we know how to have eyes everywhere or whatever. I can't, I don't invite this when I feel sensitive. Right. You know, but and it's a great, it's great for other, for very specific times. Thanksgiving. No, I didn't do it. Thanksgiving. Right, right, right. <laughs> but you could. Yeah. I've told people. It can you know. be violent at Planned Parenthood, even in uh, New York City or different mm-hmm. abortion clinics. Experience that in LA. Yeah. So um, yeah. you guys have experienced that? I, we were at a Planned Parenthood, and it was a tip of, like, people come up, block your way, kind of oh, yeah. throw flyers, get right in your face. And yeah. for me, I mean, that was the closest I've come to not just hitting someone I didn't know instantly. And it was amazing how triggering it was for me, and who obviously was not having the procedure myself. Right. But, yeah, it's just like, okay, we're in the San Fernando Valley, and we're still met with this utter contempt and hostility. Oh, yeah. No, here there or that contingent is very organized. Every Saturday, every Sunday they do. Is it Saturday or Sunday? They do a procession from St. Patrick's Church in Soho, not far from here, to Planned Parenthood. So this is like a huge group of people. It's just they're just regular. You'll see them there all the time. I don't believe in, in like safety bubbles. I think there is no bubble for certain people. Some people never get the bubble. So I wouldn't say New York is safe across the board, but... It is not to Austin, Texas, you know, right. for me, like in the shirt physically, I was like, OK, I do feel right. I've been on the subway just with, you know, with this out in the open and there are different reactions. We did a parade float last year. We did a march at Pride. So we did a thank God for abortion parade float, like with black tinsel and like air raid sirens. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like the T-shirt and but bigger where there's like generally three reactions. Like there's one of like. Like your the computer crashes, like people right. see you and they just like can't. And you see that freeze. There's a freeze. There's that. Then there's the I love you relief. 
there's like this like um, tearful often of like embracing and like we share abortion stories on the street. Right. That happens all the time or in any space I'm wearing it. And the other thing is like aggression and, and hostility. I haven't met, knock on wood, physical um, aggression, but uh, you can see that. You can see that like growl start to. And if I see it on the street, I just kind of turn and like go the other way. I applaud you wearing it because for me, if I was wearing it, I would just be so in my head. Right. And I, I, I don't even know. I think I would just start sweating. Yeah. You know what I, mean? I have friends. I know people who are so shameless about wearing this that I'm like, I am nowhere near where they are. Like in day to day life. Yes, I've been on a top of parade float screaming that I've had two abortions. <laughs> How about on a first date? Uh, probably a good thing to let people know, yeah. <laughs> I think. But uh, for me, what the goal is, is to is to just say we're out here, too, because I think the conversation has been so our state is so Christian. Our state is so Christian. And I feel like people even I didn't realize that until I knew people who grew up in like Russia or Cuba or something where the state isn't intrinsically Christian and abortion attitudes are totally different. Like completely different. There's there the stigma does not exist there, and that's because it's, the state is not intertwined with the Catholic Church, or with the Christian Church. So, for me, it's like, what is the spectrum? The spectrum of conversation is is so big, and I need it to be bigger, you know, because we are what we think is the middle is not the middle anymore. The right. middle is the right. So. Not everybody has to stand with me, but I'm going to go really far with this. I'm going to go the other way and just make room. But and not even I'm trying to. I really this is who I am, you know, so there's no like I'm going to, you know, it's, it's not shock value. Yeah, it's just like yeah. it's like what's shocking is that I have I can just stand up and say this in the daylight for some reason. And that's been that's been encouraging to me, like the response where I'm like, I'm simply just being who I am who is a person who believes in God. I'm authentically like a spiritually like guided person. And to have the word God and abortion in the same phrase is like, for some reason, really causing a stir <laughs> or jolt something in people. And that to me in these days is, is useful. Angela Davis talks about disruption. And I I heard Angela Davis speak the last time she was in town. I try and be around her anytime I can because she's just to be in her presence is life changing, you know. But she was talking about a continuum, like we're a part of something bigger. And so we don't have to even have the pressure because there can be this hopelessness about like trying to make a change and things have to change so much and people are in danger and dying. And she was like, she really helped me. She always helps me. She said, uh. We're part of a continuum. There are people before us and there'll be people after us. And that's where how we should see ourselves in this work, that we're um, drawing on the past and, and like handing things over to people after us. So even if we don't see this total change, I mean, you know, Roe v. Wade could be gone and, and, and it essentially is gone for many people, for black, pe for poor people, for people of color, for black people. It affects undocumented immigrants, you know, consider... Trans, you know, trans people that need to. It is essentially gone. You're making me want to wear the shirt yes. now. <laughs> and and the thing is, even I really love to. Ha I lo so when people ask me to talk about it, I jump because I feel like it's part of a divine work that I've been given. <laughs> because I I'm standing in my truth. 
you know, and I refused to be in a closet. And I didn't even know I was in a closet until I started talking about it, you know. So even though it started because of my friend, you know, in my in my whatever queer left, it's become like a, a thing that I, I can't I don't have control over. It's like has its own momentum. And and because I really want things to be better for people, I'm interested in doing this. You know, so I've started to make music around it. And um, so I have a theme song. You know, I like to uh, kind of get into the pop, pop life of this and subvert and, and sneak messages in, a.k.a. propaganda. So I would be an abortionist, pro-abortion propagandist, perhaps. <laughs> I've never said that before, oh. <laughs> but it seems true. Just yeah. because there's so much propaganda on the right, yeah. too. I mean, you go through, you drive through the United States, there's billboard after billboard. Mm-hmm. After billboard, really uh, horrifying and disgusting billboards with graphic imagery. I lived oh, yeah. in Florida recently, and I think people, oh. especially from New York, oh, yeah. would be pretty shocked at what is just giant, giant, hostile messaging oh, yeah. that's everywhere. It's being there. I was I went to Catholic school in Queens. I was shown those videos when I was a kid. Like, oh my in god, like school, the... like bloody, bloody, like that. Mm. It doesn't get more extreme than that kind of programming. So of course. When you grow up, you're like, when I had an abortion, I thought it was going to be really, really terrible. And it and it wasn't. Would I go and do this every day? No. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. But it's we're so affected. There's some quote that's like some Jesuits quote that's like, give us some a kid until they're four years old. We'll have them for the rest of their lives. Our programming is so deep. That no wonder the converse, the spectrum of conversation goes from sin, go to hell, kill you, right. jail, to the the most left it had been typically was be quiet and ashamed. And it's very terrible and sad. And I'm like, what about all the rest of this spectrum, you know? And there's a lot of us. And the statistics, statistically, it's like 75% maybe of this country is pro having access to abortion. And I love that you uh, use and put the word abortion in print and say it freely. Mm -hmm. That's something I really respect about your movement and your iconography is it just normalizes the word. And I think hopefully this visceral reaction will stop once people just get used to seeing and speaking the word and thinking of it as a medical procedure. It's healthcare. It is simply healthcare. And there are storytelling groups right now, like Shout Your Abortion. So we kind of, I feel like we were born kind of concurrently around 2015. And they're a decentralized collective of storytelling, you know, storytelling circle, digital, that was started by Amelia Bono and Lindy West, who is now has a TV series about her on Hulu. Premiering. I know this because I was just with Amelia this weekend, so she was going to the premiere. They started their thing and they found, you know, we were aware of each other. I definitely saw them. And then they reached out to me and threw in the last grant. I was raising money for the parade float and they've been really supportive. And in that way, it feels like a sisterhood. And, you know, their whole thing is the same thing. It's just amplifying stories because we all have different stories. because We're all different people. She said something like the silence isn't isn't helping us. You know, the silence is what the right, I mean, they want it to be illegal, right? They want it to not exist, which is impossible. Like abortion will always exist, like sex, work and sex, right? (laughs) Well, it's never going away. What, What you lose is safe abortion and you lose those for poor people, you know, and you lose those for people of color and people on the margins. 
so to be visible, like this other, um, uh, Sylvia Rivera was a Puerto Rican trans woman. Like she kicked, she was one of the people that kicked off gay liberation at Stonewall. And she said, we have to be visible. We have to be visible because if we're invisible, we don't get rights. <laughs> yeah. We don't get rights. They're going to hand us access to abortion. You know, like look at their charge. They're charging and they've been charging and it's not stopping. So it's just, it's time, you know, when do we take, when do we, I'm like abortion propaganda every day. What can I do? Like I want to do radio spots. I want to do TV. I want to do yeah. choreography. I want to sing. I think the most that I've ever personally done I was driving cross country with a dear friend of mine, my friend Oliver, and we went to um, Hell House. Do you know anything about Hell House, no. Trinity Church in Texas? No. Okay. So in Cedar Hill, Texas, every year they create um, a haunted house of, you know, this is what happens if you're gay. This is what happens no. if you have an abortion. This is what no. happens. And there's a, actually a fantastic documentary called Hell House, one of the best documentaries all about the church. This is how we found out about it. So part of our road trip was let's go to Hell House. And our goal was to get kicked out of hell, which we did. In one of the rooms, they have some young women chained to a wall, bleeding, uh, fake blood gushing. This is what happens if you have abortion. And I just started screaming. I said, this is inaccurate. This is not the portray. This is this is not it. Everyone in the room, this is not how it goes. Okay. And they kicked us out. And then later some kids met us by the parking lot. And they're like, hey, that was really cool what you did. And I was like, well, why don't you meet us at the Denny's? We, um, we can <laughs> talk about it. And we can talk about it more. I don't think it's very safe by the church. So that was that was and I think that was probably, and how good did that feel? It felt so good. And that was right. so memorable. And that was that was an awesome night. I mean, I'm so proud to have been kicked out exactly of, this disruption yeah. like i feel like if we can encourage people to disrupt every day somewhere yeah. but this is a real thing that happens um and it's all a lot of churches that across the country where they create and, wow. and they serve it like a haunted house because who doesn't love a haunted house i love a haunted house right so all <laughs> the kids they go and they make i've got so go. much money oh and there's my just goodness, and then people that. and families go and drove i mean there's just like it's it's a thing there's it's a hayride Okay, no. to the haunted a house, ride. a hayride. So that's fun, right? Oh you get a, get some cocoa and apple cider, and you dry. it's bumpy. And then they're and served. Then, the children are served more propaganda. Yeah, and you walk in, and it's like, oh my god, let's see what happens if you're gay. <gasps> and it says AIDS on the wall. No, AIDS spray painted. You know, A I D. Yeah, red paint. Uh, you know, there's uh. I will say the premarital sex one uh, was like a sex dungeon, and my friend Oliver got in trouble because he was like, kind of horny right now. Exactly. And he was like, I'm kind of turned on. You know well, what I mean? And I'm like, and so he got in trouble for sure. You know. Well, 12 years uh, of Catholic school turned me into this. So they're not getting what they want all the time. They're like ricocheting us the exact other way. But yeah, the, the level of propaganda on the right, on the Christian right, is like, You've never seen, we've never done it. Like nobody on the left has come, can come close to a, a hell house right. of like gayness and well, abortion. Well, I guess the thank God for abortion is our hell house, Yeah, right? we're coming close, hopefully. And the parade, the parade was a big, big action. And for me, it was like, it was huge, but it also was a soft launch because it was, you know, GLBTQI plus pride, which I've been at a zillion times and... 
if you're going to be in a parade, I feel like that might be the safest parade, you know, but I still had two people next to me with riot shields because, you know, we are like out there. <laughs> we are out there. And some people really dismiss any um, danger, but you just don't know about these people. You just don't know. I mean, I'm not I'm saying I'm safe and God loves me, but um, but it's intense because the people who are really hateful they're really out. They're really off their rocker. <laughs> Do you get yeah. death threats? I have. Yeah, I have. And and just, you know, there was a time there's these spikes of visibility where I'll wake up and and there are these Christian people telling me to kill myself every day. And I'll just wake up and be like, oh, here's my morning. Kill yourself. Affirmation. Message. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's intense. But it's all fine. It's just sometimes it's the volume. It's just the volume where you go, there's so many people that feel like this. I've been told my favorite is like this lake of fire thing I'm supposed to be in. We're in hell right now. Has anybody noticed yeah. this hell right the second? But yeah, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of that. I, I kind of just you just have to let it not, you know, just has, check out. Yeah, because what you're saying, the difference that you felt, the emotion that you felt meeting those people at Denny's or disrupting that. Like, I get that all the time from this. And it is so beautiful. It is so beautiful. It gives me more faith in God. So fuck you, evangelicals. They're making me more faithful every day. But it's so wonderful, you know, like to be at a club. I have these night part of the show I just did at this participant gallery where um, I made these icons that to me, I'm so church indoctrinated, like I'm authentically like been captured by the church. Like my mom, I've been hijacked since I was a kid and I'm just surrendering it to it now because I rejected it for a long time. And, you know, I was an ex-Catholic and blah, blah, blah. And now I'm like, God loves me and I got work to do. Right? <laughs> and so I had a friend, this amazing designer, Martin Keene, made, collaborate with me on making these um, glam TGFA looks, you know, that I would wear out at clubs because I work at nightclubs too. And I just like to be in, I'm a nocturnal creature in New York City a lot. And so part of the show were these icons where I made these kind of religious statues to me. I mean, they they maybe you they wouldn't look like that to you because they're very glam, but that's the kind of religion I'm about is beautiful and glamorous and loving it's just it's just beautiful to confront people anywhere. So you're at a nightclub and you're dancing and I'm wearing this huge like for me in my head, I'm like, it's a sandwich board. And I have a bell like it's just super like. Kind of corny and quaint, but also it's fierce, <laughs> it's fierce and gorgeous. And to have these conversations in nightclubs or like surprise people with this is so cool. You know, there'd be people I was in. Berlin and I was I I DJ and and I have friends who play music and I was at Berkheim which is like the biggest techno club in Berlin and it is it is open like you can live there for three days and just lose yourself but it was amazing to walk through there and like have people come up and like hug me and talk to me about their abortions <laughs> in Berlin at a club you know or, or it can be very sweet it's just sweet there's something about, and I didn't foresee any of this. You know what I mean? I just made some things and one thing was on a t-shirt and then it's growing. But I love it because it inspires these interactions with people where you get to know people that are strangers in this intimate way, because actually we've been in the, we've been told to be quiet. That's why it's, and that's why 
it's cool that you disrupted that place in that hell house because we broke through something we weren't supposed to, to meet each other. Right. Spiritually, you know, whether you believe in God or not, you know, but that hell house ap- happened to be a house of God for you. Right. And those kids that day. Yeah. Because that's a thing. Like if we can connect and humanize, like we saw, we see each other and we're like, we're not supposed to talk about this. That's why it feels so sweet, mm-hmm. you know, that we can be ourselves with each other. Because even if we're not, we don't think we're Christian, that's been over our heads our whole lives in this country, that we're sinful. Can you believe that? <laughs> even that most atheists, you know, yeah. like we have that. I mean, I, when I was a, had a bit of an atypical upbringing, but my mother would take me to now meetings because I think mm. I have a babysitter when I was a real little kid. That's why we're here talking. Mm. Uh, yeah. and, and she's she's very open about, the, I think she had four or five abortions. So that's, I grew up in a... Abortions are a very good, positive thing. Amazing. Where's this? Where's this place? Magical My place? mother? <laughs> no, where you grew up. <laughs> oh, it was just our house. I, it was, the rest oh. of Florida was not like this. But even even with myself, when I became an adult and, you know, we, partners and I had made the decision to have abortions, yeah. I still felt like there was, some, there was some guilt. I felt like there was yeah. something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was me growing up yeah. in with my exactly. messaging. So. Yeah, it's so pervasive that I'm shocked by it still myself, where I'm like, I need to free myself. This is a way I can do it is you go, this is who I am, right? Those are all these, all, every struggle for liberation is like, I deserve rights because I'm human. Right. <laughs> you know, so we meet every other thing. And also you can't talk about abortion rights without race, you know, talking about how it's racist to not have access to abortion. It's classes. It's white supremacists. Like, doesn't live in abortion, doesn't live in a little tiny bubble. It's like every kind of people is affected by not having access to abortion. It's a societal good. Abortion is a societal good like any other health care, right? Like why would you deny? I mean, there's so many things we can say. It's so ridiculous. It's ludicrous, right? That like half a population, like people with uteruses don't get the same rights as people without uteruses. Like, who can explain that to me? Oh, right. God It's the God. It's the God thing. So, yeah. And that's why I think this thing is. It is a little a little bit explosive because you're not supposed to talk about God and abortion. <laughs> the same breath. Speaking of the church, uh, why do you think people react one way to the concept of abortion in the church, but react another way to the, the systematic Covering up of child rape oh, yeah. from millennia. Like that seems to be, that does not infuriate people, which is, you know, insane and beyond heinous. Yeah. But abortion does. And I've never been able to sync those two in my mind. It's a cover up that everybody is guilty of, right? Because we have been taught to protect the church, like protect our abusers. It's like what happens to abused children we have experienced as a nation or something. We talk about it and clearly it's wrong. Like, how do we hold these people to this? Like, they just get away with it. And look at the Vatican. I mean, there was some outrageous story. Of, and it's not outrageous because, of course, it's happening. But the Pope admitted that there's like sex cults and priests are forcing nuns to have abortions. Of course. You know what I mean? It doesn't get more hell house. Mm-hmm. It's been going on for hundreds of years. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. oh, really? You know, these guys are forcing women to have abortions because they're, they're sex slaves uh, in the church. Mm-hmm. That sounds accurate. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So abortions are okay for priests sometimes. Like, what the? You know, so so it's useful 
to have any conversation about it or to bring any of this to light because part of what keeps people from having their rights, yeah, is keeping this quiet. So I have more safety around me, clearly, or I have a sense of safety enough to be to say this. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has that. And a lot of people have trauma. You know, I have trauma. How many women have been, you know, sexually abused or attacked? Like, I'm in that camp. There's like a majority, I think, of, of femme people experience that. So I don't expect people to be this out there <laughs> around. This is about sexuality, too. I mean, what is... What is at the core, I think, of condemning abortion is pleasure. Like, we're not supposed to be having fun, having sex. Like, this is about fucking. <laughs> you know, who gets to have pleasure? Cis white men. Straight. Straight. <laughs> and so the, the Christians in this country will go out of their way to condemn female genital mutilation. Mm. You know, but they also are against abortion. And it's, yeah. it, people don't see these glaring, glaring similarities and hypocrisies around this ideology that just seems crazy in 2019. Yeah, it's, it's just so broad that what can we do to dismantle that? Like, what can we do? And I say everything. Let's do everything. This is just my little tiny thing. But everybody, what's cool is that everybody can participate by, by joining in this or like, you know, people wearing the shirt. I, somebody bought a shirt in Estonia yesterday. I'm like, Estonia better go off that's amazing like I don't know what it's gonna be like and people in Poland so I got connected to people and abortion rights struggle in it's so cool translating into different languages yeah I just I just did for this show I haven't put the different languages on the shirts yet because you always need like a little stash of money to do that so I'd have to pre-order or whatever but um I haven't figured that part out because this is all so an accident almost you know that this is like a thing you can buy online but I'm glad it it became that because first of all I couldn't do it I just don't have the resources to give them away but uh, I would so when I'm a zillionaire everybody can have free shirts where can people buy them now oh I have a website thankgodforabortion.com that domain was not taken (laughs) strangely (laughs) enough I got it and you can come find me there um, and you can email me and I get amazing notes at that. And I have an Instagram, thank God for abortion Insta. And I just get beautiful, you know, very human, very beautiful notes from people who are like, thank you for get- being out there. I can't do this, but it's just an affirmation, you know, that uh, why does this mean anything? Because we have been pushed down a lot around sex, you know, around sex in our bodies You know, there are all these storytelling movements that I think every abortion fund, like so abortion funds in the States are saving people's lives, right? Because everything's getting defunded and clinics are getting closed. So there are people who, like I said, this is already might as well be illegal for them because they don't have it in their state or they have and they have to travel. And now there are these stupid laws. They make you wait three days because they don't believe that you, they think that if you wait and you thought about it, you might change your mind. You know, there's all this daddy state thing. And also to dissuade people because who has the money to travel, then wait, have find a hotel in another place, you know, yeah. and it's torture. So a lot of people it's don't. Too. Why it's trauma. They're going to say you have to go with- through this again in three days, I can imagine a lot of people just be like, I don't want to deal with this. I have to look for another. Right. Because for many people, it is very emotional. You know, mm-hmm. not, I know that not everybody's like me and, and, and it's a painful experience. And on top of that, 
there's all these barriers, physical barriers. So abortion funds, I really encourage everybody to find their local abortion fund because they just give you money for like gas or like find a place for you to stay or, you know, the tangible things that are directly helping people who can't access abortion. And a lot of these abortion funds have storytelling networks within them. And, you know, all of it is, why is it important to destigmatize abortion? Because stigmatizing abortion keeps it something that people want to be illegal. And also even the left go, if the left still thinks of it as only the sad, dark thing, we're not going to have all of our power. We're not going to have our voices out there, you know, because there's a collusion with the right there that it is wrong. So does everybody have to say this? No. But um, uh, I'm, I'm happy for all the normalization that I'm a part of. I'm just one part of this thing because it's shifting. And I can feel it even in just the since 2015. So I know that people I knew in 2015 that were like, ew, <laughs> and were like friends of mine. I'm like, are you sure you want to talk about it like that? I mean, I even said that to myself, you know, when this was coming out of my <laughs> head, I was like, whoa, <laughs> do I really want to do this? And then when the T-shirt, my friend had it in market and I was like, should I put on a T-shirt? Do I really want to do it? Like it was scary. And like I said, I'm guided. So take that evangelicals. I was guided and this is a guided project because I really heard and got the direction that I was supposed to do this. So I'm as nuts as the other side, maybe, you know, but, but not because why can't I have rights? You know, why can't we have rights? There's, there's nothing that like what laws exist that cis men around cis, cis men that take things out of them or put things in them. You know, there's nothing. It's just us. And that's, you know, patriarchy. <laughs> that's like, you know, cis uh, male supremacy. Like, what year is it? Really? How much longer? How much longer? What can we do? So this to me, I'm going to keep going because even in my tiny place in the world since 2015, the people that were really sensitive about this are out there wearing the shirt. The people that I know and love that were, you know, included gay men that were like, are you sure you want to? But it's life. I've had gay men say, but it's life. Like, we have to propagate the world. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, those blowjobs are not making children. Like, I have literally said that. Can I say that? Yeah. <laughs> like, what if I'm going to hell, you're going to hell. And I'm saying this out of love. I want us to be together. These are people who want rights for me. You know, we want to be together. So what's in, what was in the way? So this has been helpful as far as like an exorcism in a way. Like... If you feel a little weird about it, this kind of brings it up and then we can talk about it. And that has in my circle, I've seen people who I didn't think would change have changed. And it's a thing that you think is hardwired. So to me, I'm so inspired and encouraged by this. And like I said, I have more faith every day in God, spirit, creator, whatever you want to call it. So it sounds like you had an epiphany, which means yeah. that God spoke through you and yeah. gave you the sentence. Thank God for abortion. Adam, now you're now now you're talking my language. <laughs> Wait, do you grow Catholic? Are you no, I, I grew up uh, Jewish ish. Like I was uh, I was bar mitzvah, but I'm not like sure what my actual belief system is yes. like culturally Jewish. But well, I haven't used the word epiphany before, but you're totally right. It's out of my hands. And I was like, do I go to, 
divinity school now. Like it's been so powerful to be a part of this. And I feel like a part of it, like it is coming through me. Like I didn't mastermind this. Like this has a life of its own that I like because I want to know people. Like I want to talk to people. And it is like, I feel so great about myself, right? (laughs) That I'm like, I had abortions and God loves me. Like that's the crux of this thing is I've had two abortions and God loves me. And for some reason that's controversial. You know, for some reason that really upsets people. And that's interesting to me too. Cause also I like to fight. <laughs> I'm a lover, I'm a fighter. But um it's just so dire. I'm just so aware of people being harmed. Yeah. And you know, Trump is a is is dan- has been and is dangerous. And we've seen that even before he was president, when he started his campaign, his hate speech against Muslim people, against Mexican people against women and uterus bearing people, you know, uh, hate crimes have risen and are rising since his, he started campaigning. Like there's a real effect to that kind of speech. And it's the negative version of what you're doing. It's right. normalization in the exactly. awful way. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we have the KKK out in the streets, like just fully Confederate flag torches, Charlottesville, you know, at what point do we, like, I, I feel in a way desperate, you know, to make things, to stop that and make it better. Then you go, how do you stop this shit? It's so big. I'm too, like, how do we do this? And then I think of what Angel Davis said, like, we're just doing our part based on the part that people did before us and leaving it, leaving something for the people after us. And then, and then I can breathe a little bit because it's, it's awful. You know, there's a lot of awful things happening. So anything that brings joy, I'm like, Marie Kondo, this sparks joy. This T-shirt sparks joy. I'm going to keep it and keep keep doing it. Well, thank you. Thank you <laughs> so much. It. Oh, thank you for inviting me to speak. I, I I have joy, you know, speaking around it. And, and it is like the gospel thing. Like, it's your like, own gospel, yeah. Yeah, like just... I feel so blessed that I have to tell people I can't keep it to myself that um, abortion is a social good (laughs) and I'm blessed and we're blessed.